0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Small World Business Podcast. My name is Justin Colzo. I'm here with my co-host, Dan Poku. It's the small world, and business connects us all. So buckle up, and let's grow together.
1: Back again.
0: Yeah, I feel like I see you way too much.
1: I know, I know, I know. This is what, episode 12 now?
0: Uh, yep. Episode 12. 12,
1: cranking them out. That's, what, three months doing this? Uh, yeah, getting close to 100. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus man. Okay. We'll be there before you know it. Watch. Uh, back no, back. it
0: will. It does. It'll sneak uh, up, I feel like. Uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, let's touch on last week. Yeah. Wow. Wow, is I think the only right answer. That what an episode, yeah, uh, yeah. And
1: now I see why you were so enthusiastic about getting them on.
0: Yeah, and that was you know. So we've already talked, and we've talked with Matt a little bit. Yeah, you know, a, a part two is is coming. I think there's so much more right. to Matt's story that we didn't get to touch on. And, you know, we wanted to keep it about the hour that we normally do. Mm-hmm. So there's so much more to Matt's story that we want to go over. Uh, and like, there was st-
1: yeah, there was stuff you wanted to ask us too. That yeah, was, Matt almost wanted to turn the yeah, podcast was, around, which I was. <laughs>
0: uh, but anyway, anyways, so you know, Matt's really been a huge proponent since we told him we want him on the podcast. He's listened to almost every episode. He's mm-hmm. almost become a fan. Right. Matt also has a huge social media following, um, and so we were very, very fortunate that yeah. Matt was was. How do I word this? We were very fortunate that Matt was gracious enough to share. Parts of the cool. podcast on his mm-hmm. socials yep. helped us grow in that sense. He's got a lot of outreach in that sense between mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. Uh, so, Matt, thank you first and foremost for Definitely. not only letting us be an outlet to share your story, but then also sharing us sharing your story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Putting that putting us out there has really helped us. It's helping us grow, and it's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, Matt had afterwards. Matt had a whole conversation with you. Yeah, we talked for like
1: a an hour to an yeah hour. we had a
0: we had a 30 45 yeah, after everything was off yeah and then but he talked about trying to help you grow shirley's temple
1: yeah yeah he had he, a lot of good ideas
0: he had some great ideas yeah, and i was all awesome. about it and yeah. i I literally was like this is why oh, we definitely. did this yeah we did it to not only meet people and, and hear stories mm-hmm. we did it not only to share stories and share our conversations but we right. did it to to Selfishly, further ourselves, right? And to right. further the people around us, that's what this is about. Yeah,
1: build that team. Yeah,
0: yeah. I called my dad on my way home. Uh-huh. Well, I think like when I got home, uh-huh. and like was vehemently like, This was why I started this, and this right. is why I brought you on, and this is why I'm we're this is why we're doing what we're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And like the conversation that we had about what Matt wants to help you with on your non-for-profit was unbelievable yeah like this is the best conversation that we've ever had on the podcast this is arguably the best one of the best conversations i've had point blank period in my life right right i'm like oh i'm getting hit up (laughs) to talk about
1: it it was very inspirational for sure just hearing the story and how he kind of like persevered through all of that kind of like put me in a place i was like man i gotta i gotta get going like i gotta get going because it's like i can't let you know my past or you know upbringing kind of hold me back in a sense like he found motivation through everything that has happened in his life, you know, whether it was losing his his father last year to his upbringing to being homeless at one point, and And like even seeing him at, at the gym this week, too, it's like he has a smile on his face like 24-7. So he's just like one of those people that are just happy to be alive and kind of, you know, takes what life gives him and kind of like goes with that. Like I think he said something as a card term to where it's like, um, you don't always get like two aces. Yeah,
0: you don't always have an yeah, ace. Yeah, you get like a,
1: a two and a four. Exactly. But you can win with that two and a four. And I feel like, like just hearing that was like, all right, I got to kind of keep that in the back of my mind going forward. So whenever things happen in life, that might not be like the best situation or how I want them to kind of play out. I got to be, be like, I can kind of use this, you know, as motivation or just, I don't know, confidence in a sense, build confidence from it, but. It was his story was was amazing. So I definitely see why you wanted to have him on because I was just listening to like some of the stories he was telling. Even like afterwards too, how we talked. And he could tell he's one of those people that kinda like, once you give him like an idea, he kinda like gets the ball rolling in his head to where he's like, Oh, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. And I'm like, Yeah, let me just start writing this down. <laughs> Pencil that one. Yeah, dude. let me just start writing this down. But he definitely has some good ideas, especially when it comes to my nonprofit profit. Hopefully having an event soon to kind of bring more exposure to it and getting more people to kind of see, like, what our mission is. Um, And even, like, with the website, I might touch base with him on that and kind of have him help me out with that. Um, So, There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot we can do there.
0: And it's it's cool because him sharing his story was everything that – well, I mean, candidly, I had the relationship with Matt, so it was my idea to bring Matt on. So it was everything that I imagined that conversation would be in so much more – Never in a million years would I have thought Matt would be like, Look, we can do an event for your nonprofit mm-hmm. at my apartment building. I can cater it through AM Fit. We can do all of these different things. Right. And it was just like, it took a whole <laughs> nother route once right. we stopped recording. Yeah. That it was like, I think part two of the Matt Ballard story would be best told the week after an event for your nonprofit.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Now I haven't run that past Matt. I haven't run that past <laughs> right, Matt. That's, yeah, of, yeah. that's off the tip of my brain, but like right. I think that that would be the most meaningful moment. Yeah. Cuz yeah. Matt would have a story about how that impacted him. Mm-hmm. You would have a story about how Matt's upbringing ultimately brought into your life and it impacted you and now mm-hmm. you're impacting a, like I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just spitballing here. But yeah, none, no, nonetheless.
1: Yeah. No, that's a good idea and for sure like he was saying before we even started recording how like we kind of have sim- similar upbringings so or like you come from a single-parent household. Um, I kind of experienced things, whether it be, like I said before, like both of my parents kind of struggled with their own substance abuse issues and there was physical abuse that I kind of saw growing up. So we kind of had like the same upbringing and it kind of like brought us together in a sense to where it was like you can connect on that. And we both are like very mission-driven, very just motivated individuals, um, especially when it comes to Matt and um yeah, just seeing like how you kinda use all that for motivation and, and going forward just was like inspiration to me. I was like, all right, I can't let, you know, life situations kinda get in the way of what I'm trying to do. I just gotta, you know, stay stay focused, have that tunnel vision like you said, and just keep, keep it moving. So
0: I think I think one of my favorite parts mm-hmm. about Matt's story and what he took away from it is You know, what he's trying to get away from actively Mm. are generational curses. Mm. He talked to us off record about some extra stuff going on in his family. Mm. Talked very on record, openly, about what's going on in his family. Uh, And I, what was surprising to me was to connect the dots Mm. between you and Matt in that sense. And I don't know that you're necessarily trying to break generational curses. I don't think that that would... Maybe I'm, I'm off my ass with that, yeah. but I do think what I see in the similarities mm. is that that's what you're trying to do with your non-for-profit. You're trying to help other people break generational curses, right. oftentimes. Maybe not always, mm. but that's a big piece of what you're doing. Yeah. You're trying to uplift single parents so that their kids don't have to go through the same struggles that they're going through. Right, right. So connecting those dots, not mm. something I ever expected to see.
1: All right, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And yeah, it is kind of like generational trauma too, because like I ask them, I feel like with me, there's a lot of pressure to kind of like break them curses or that trauma because it's like, if I say, if I do have kids, um, then you kind of want them to be in a better spot than you were, you know, growing up. So I think there's pressure with that, trying to just do like, even like inner work, like I said before, just trying to like make sure you kind of heal those traumas and don't really pass them along. And with the nonprofit, kind of make sure you're able to then spread that to other families, to where you know that kid that we help his single parent get into a house may look back on that, but like that's the change that's the pivot that he had to make in his life. You know, that moment alone kind of changed the direction of his life, to where he found motivation through that and decided to you know go to school or become a doctor, or a lawyer, or whatever the case may be. So it's kind of helping th- those families kind of heal that too. It's definitely, like, my direction, like, my main focus now when it comes with the nonprofit. And then hopefully starting other nonprofits and charities later on down the road, too. Because um, I know you have a lot that you want to do when it comes to that. I got a whole bunch well. of stuff I want to do. Yeah. My brain's, <laughs> <Right>. my brain's <laughs> right. like a hamster on a
0: wheel. I'm yeah. always moving somewhere. We got something.
1: Well, Which got is a good thing. Brilliant. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. You got to stay. Um, you got to keep continue to innovate, in a sense. You know, always oh, have ideas, yeah. I had,
0: and I don't know if anyone's listening who knows Mark Cuban, but if you do, send him my way. (laughs) Just this morning, I was talking with my manager at work. Mm. I'm going to invent an alarm clock that at the same time it makes a noise, it like spritzes out the smell of coffee. Okay. Because dude, I'm telling you, (laughs) it's like, if I woke up every morning to the smell of like Folger's coffee, Uh. boom, I'd be up. I'm ready to roll. Mm. I'm just saying, I'm tossing that one out there. Okay no one take it yeah <laughs> send mark cuban my way i'm all about it
1: i can see you on shark tank now i'm kind of presenting that idea like here i have this alarm clock that uh actually spritzes out some but think
0: coffee. about it like there's those little febreze things that are timed and spritz oh out. okay yeah, yeah. coffee okay. <laughs> and my my uh, my manager joking was like oh we can like customize the scent so if you want the smell of bacon and eggs and i was like no because we'd screw up the order and then boom you've got sulfur in your ear <laughs> You know, you're just smelling raw eggs for a f- no. Oh, man. So, but anyways, alarm clock, coffee, keep an eye on it. 2024. I'm just saying, it's I'll an see. idea. Hey, okay, okay. Anyways, we'll so we're getting a little sidetrack <laughs> yeah, so there. there. So, <laughs> sidebar. A guy. A, Jesus. Again, guys, thank you for the support and the yeah. outreach. Definitely. You know, I Matt told me he had a bunch of family members that listened to it and and physically were in tears. Yeah. My mom told me she cried listening to it. Mm. Uh, you know, listening to Matt's story and and bringing up the whole thing about Miles again, my buddy. Oh yeah. Uh, from yeah, back yeah. in high school, so bringing those memories back up. Yeah. Uh, you know, hell, I almost broke down in tears talking I, about yeah. my grandpa and Miles. Right. Like that was a very moving, moving conversation and episode. And the outreach and the support that we got through that episode was. Unimaginable, in my opinion. Yeah. So, thank yeah. you, guys. Thank you, Matt.
1: Yeah. Think, and that's why I thank both of you guys for sharing your stories because it's like almost reliving that trauma in a sense too, which is always tough. So, yeah. The fact that you were able to kind of like you know bring it up and talk about it, you know, definitely was very very appreciative of that, and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the listeners were too. So. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and so, guys, before we sidetrack again with alarm <laughs> clocks and and doggy daycares, whatever else we're gonna do in, in life. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode. Mm. Uh, Dan, you're going to take the reins of this one.
1: Yeah.
0: So, fire away here, Chief.
1: Yeah. So, through talking to Matt last week, and I listened to a podcast earlier this week. What podcast? Um, It's called The Great Man Within. So, any fellas out there, even women that have fellas in your life, um, it's a podcast that really can relate to anyone, but it's strictly for men. And the um, host... Who runs that? Who's the host? uh, Dominic... Guartuccio if I'm saying it right Um, but he also has like I'm part of their um, a men's group on Facebook too so if you ever need you know to reach out to a group of men for like anything you might be going through I post questions all the time I get tons of responses that kind of help me with whatever situation that I'm in but um, going back to like the main topic was you know moving from that victim to a victor mentality like with Matt's story alone like not that he played a victim or had that victim mentality, but he been through a lot that could have put him in that victim mentality. He had every reason. Every reason to. Every to put his head to.
0: down and say, this is the life. I was. I have a two and a four. Right. Here I am. I'm rolling with it.
1: Right, exactly. But he had every reason to. Exactly. So that's why he's like special in that sense because I feel like a lot of us, not a lot of us, but people tend to just stay in that victim mentality to where it's like, oh, well, my first business failed, so I'm not going to start a new one. I'm going to just go back to working a nine-to-five or... My my marriage failed. I got divorced, so I'm not gonna get married again, or whatever the case may be. It's like you can stay in that victim mentality, and it's easy to. And going back to like the great man within, um, the host Dom uh, was recently diagnosed with Lyme disease, and he's been like sick for like the last year or two. I think he was saying, or even longer, and he kept getting like dismissed misled when it came to like diagnosis. Um, so he was just like, all right, I know there's something wrong with me. Like I'm just Lethargic half the time Like I just want to Lay in bed Like my My eating habits Are all over the place Like he was just like Going through it And for a long time To where it was like He started getting like That sympathy and empathy From like people around him that kind of like Kept him in that That mentality So he was like Well I'm just gonna You know just lay in bed Not devote too much time To you know the podcast And other ventures That he has going on And then he was finally like No I need to like Figure this out Like I gotta get back to work Like I gotta get back to You know, kind of living in his purpose. And so he went and seen a specialist and they diagnosed him with Lyme disease. But he was talking about how, like, like I said, he got stuck in that victim mentality. And it's easy to because it's like you get the attention you want from other people, like feeling sorry for you. So you're like, well, okay, so I can get, you know, attention from people for for feeling sorry for me or um, you need like that validation. But like, yeah, you should just, you know, take the day off. Like, stay in bed. Like, you're sick, man. Um, he was like, no, I got to get out of that. So I was like, kind of changing your mentality when it comes to that, the victim to victor. And I'm not sure if you ever dealt with that, but I feel like I have at certain times in my life. Um, even recently, I was looking to acquire a laundromat, and so it was like, um, it was seller financing. So I was like, all right, maybe I could put enough down for a down payment, and then kind of have the rest go through the seller. Um, but then they got so many offers of this cash payments that I was like the lady was like yeah nah we're not going to just settle for like seller finance so we can get somebody to buy it up right or even more than the asking price so I was like man if only I came from a family that had money you know if I could call my dad right now or mom right now but hey let me get like 100 G's to kind of buy this company so it was like I felt bad for a sense, but then it was like no like I kind of want to work for the, the things I get in life you know whether it be you know Acquiring it, a company, or it means more. It means more, yeah. It definitely means more um, later on down the road. Um, and that's and that's not to say
0: if you come from money that right. you haven't earned what you did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that there's there's a handful of examples. Mm-hmm. I think the first one that I can readily think of because he's always in the public, eye, I think is Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah. The loan of a million, ten, whatever the loan was from his dad. Dad yeah. was super successful. Right. But that's not to say that he wasn't a successful businessman. Right. He took a one took million dollar that, yeah. loan and turned it into a billion dollar. I mean. Right. But so did he start he didn't start from ground zero. He mm. started from a much lifted category. Right. But that's still not to say he, well, you're not successful. Yeah. So I wanna throw that caveat in true, there. True. But I understand what you're saying. You right. Know, realizing I don't have the same starting point as a lot of people. Right. It doesn't mean you're not gonna get there. Mm. And You're absolutely right. There's a a few things I wanted to touch on. I thought the first one, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. You touched on the sympathy, Uh, empathy, and attention kind of pushing you down a little bit. Exactly. And they're counteractive, I think. I think people do it in a sense of like, I'm trying to lift you up. I'm trying to make you think that people care about you. Right. But you think you're spot on that that's almost like the endorphin rush that they didn't know they needed. Mm-hmm. So why would I change the point when I can just continue to get this attention right. that I wasn't getting prior? Yeah. And I it's it's odd. I'm a very odd creature in the sense, in the sense that I don't like sympathy, empathy, and attention. Right. I have no same. I have no need yeah, for it. Same. When I'm at work and I'm about to get a deal, I don't go around telling everybody. Right. Uh I don't yeah, right. want you hooting and hollering. I don't right. care. Yeah. It's my job to sell, so I'm going to sell. Yeah. I don't need you congratulating me that I made a sale. Right. It's quite literally my job. <laughs> so that's the attention side of it. But the sympathy and empathy side of it, this is for a little backstory. I think I mentioned a while back. My, my grandmother passed away. Mm-hmm. I don't know how recently. I don't really remember. Uh, earlier this year, maybe. I don't yeah. I have no idea. But at her service, her uh, memorial service or whatever, whole bunch of people showed up, family, ex- extended family, all that good stuff, mm. and pretty much everyone on my dad's side of the family stood in a line like you do at big funeral processions and whatever. Uh, yeah. I hate that. And took handshakes, yeah. took condolences. Hell no. <laughs> I was like, first of all, grandma never in a million years would have wanted that. Right. I sat in a chair and talked with people. Okay. Talked to my dad's lifelong best friend, Scott Jackson, who I know listens to this podcast talk to neighbors that showed up because my grandma lived with my parents so she got Mm. to know all the neighbors really really well really okay so talk to the neighbors Mm -hmm. hey how's life how's florida i don't want to sit there and think about the fact that my grandma just died right right but besides that my grandma was 80 who the hell knows Mm -hmm. dad correct me when i when you read this or hear this read it (laughs) dad correct me when you hear this i don't know how old grandma was i don't think she cared yeah my grandma smoked for 40 years. She had two strokes living in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. Mm. We couldn't believe that she made it that far. <laughs> she had a great life. Yeah. She had to see a great That's how like you should think of it, yeah. And I'm like, All right. I don't want to sit there and shake your hand and tell me how sorry you are. All right. I'm not sorry. All right. I think the first time I cried when my grandma died was at her service. My uncle uh, played a song called I Can Only Imagine, uh, which yeah. grew up listening to it. One of the top songs literally ever. I love it. Right. And he ruined the song for me. So Steve, <laughs> up yours if you're listening <laughs> to this. There's no you, don't think you are. Wait, was he
1: singing it? No, he played oh, it on okay. a speaker. Okay.
0: Uh, and it's this is kinda how my dad's side of the family is. We're very nonchalant. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just I think that was the first time I cried. Mm-hmm. Was hearing that song. When she died when I got the call, I was like at a loss for words. I really like yeah, like same. it was like the breath got taken like when you when you get hit in the stomach really yeah, hard yeah. And then you lose your breath. Mm-hmm. It was that feeling but I don't think I cried. I mm-hmm. kind of like gasped, but I was kind of like, okay, that's fine. We'll figure right. it out. Yeah. And I moved forward.
1: Yeah, you have to. Uh, you
0: but have like to. I said, I'm, I'm an oddball in that sense. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how, how I was raised to yeah. not have that men's, that mindset.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think that that was the perfect example of the sympathy, empathy, and attention thing. Right. Was I'm not, I'm not standing in this line and having you tell me how sorry you are for me. Right. I'm not the one that <laughs> – I didn't die.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like
0: my, my grandma died. Mm. It happens. She was 88, 89, smoked for 40 years. She lived a great life. I don't remember my grandma as a woman in a coffin.
1: Right. I
0: remember my grandma as the woman that was at every football game she can get to. Really? Okay. I remember my grandma as the one with my grandpa who's in a wheelchair at my college football signing, which was the biggest thing in the world for me. Yeah. I remember my grandma and my grandpa as the ones that were in a nursing home and I'd go visit them and I'd just bring pizza and we just sit and shoot the shit.
1: Right. That's how they want you to remember yeah. them. Yeah. Not them just sitting there, you know. So don't. Lifeless. You did not just <laughs> lean back <laughs> like you're in coffin. That?
0: But, that's, <laughs> like, I don't do the sympathy and empathy thing. Right. I don't want you telling me how sorry you are for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I lost my job. Oh, you telling me you're sorry really means a whole Yeah, lot. it's going to make it worse. Yeah. The, I'm yeah. the
1: same way too, to be honest. Like, even while, like, going through certain things in life, even, like, telling people about, like, my upbringing, like, I kind of pre- not prevented it from bringing it up, but that wouldn't be, like, the first thing I would, like, talk about, you know, whether it be, like, my parents' situation or just moving around a ton. Um, because people are like, oh, you made it this far? Like, you went to, oh, like... good for you. College, yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, I made is, it this far. This is impressive. Like, yeah. I'm supposed to stop? Right. Like, I get what they're saying. Like, statistics would say I should be in jail or dead by now based on like how I was raised but I'm like don't make it seem well, like I you know I never would have thought of that yeah so I think that's what people think of like when you come from like a broken home or you know you experience certain things in your life and you're like oh you you went to, to college you oh got, you have you your, got your got masters? master's oh you work in finance and when I tell them that they're like and you've been through what I'm like yeah I'm like I use all that for motivation like Never once did I feel bad for myself, you know.
0: Which, it, and like I said, I think that you're also an anomaly in yeah, a sense. right. So it's it's tough for me to have this conversation and mm-hmm. think the other side and see the other side because yeah. I never have. Mm-hmm. I wasn't raised that way. Right. Where was I going? I had something. Dude, this is the second or third time I have this <laughs> today.
1: A um, long day, long day. But, I mean, there could be, like, different situations, too, whether it be, say, like, with football for you, you know, football not working out, you could be like, Well, I was supposed to be like in the NFL, you know, I was supposed to, you know, make it so you kind of, you could have lost motivation to want to go to school or to want to. um, Sorry, actually, it's
0: kind (laughs) of weird. Uh, Matt Ballard's calling me right now. I don't, should I answer it? Yeah, answer Siri. Hey, you're on speaker uh, on the podcast right now. What's up? Are you serious? Uh, Yeah, we're literally, we were literally talking about you two minutes ago. That's insane. I, I that's so crazy. I just uh, you popped into my mind, and I'm like, I have to talk to him because I just got done talking to a friend of mine, Brandon, and he and he he was one of the people that didn't message me about the podcast, but he just he he told me, you know, I know your dad would be proud, and it's crazy to know that you came from
1: from that. And I was just thinking, that's man, crazy, yeah. I have to give those guys credit for bringing that
0: one, making me vulnerable enough to bring that out of me because I don't talk about that stuff, not even to friends, let alone publicly. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's nice to see people take something from it. And um, I love seeing how people just uh, – like it changed their day or it changed their week or it changed their perception or, or whatever it was. And <laughs> now I see why you guys started a podcast. It's amazing. Dude, this is so weird. We're literally – like I had you on speaker. I'm holding the phone up to the mic. Yeah. We're literally talking about the victim versus victor mindset. Ent- entirely based off of, this is Dan's idea, this is entirely based off of our conversation we had with you, and, oh, yeah. we, like, just talking about your upbringing and yeah. the fact that you are where you are and the fact that Dan is, re- like, everything, and the fact that you're calling, I'm that like, this wild, is yeah. so
1: weird. <laughs> <laughs> God works mysterious ways, man. Yeah. You know, input? I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just wanted to give you guys
0: props and say that uh, you guys are fantastic hosts and I love your podcast, I'm a huge fan now, huh. and, um, I hope that uh, the episode did as good as I hoped
2: it would. Oh, definitely. Because it seems like on my end, it, <laughs> yeah. it did
0: very well. So I hope it. I hope on your side it looks like it went well because um, I'm I'm hoping for a part two at some point. So <laughs> we actually we were talking about that yeah. about ten minutes ago in this podcast. So we'll give you a call later and uh, we'll chit chat more about a part two later on. All right. Sounds good. And I'll I'll listen for your podcast on Sunday. I I want to see it. Um, you said big. <laughs> Victim versus victor mindset. yeah victim versus victor. Yeah. Got you, man. All right. All right, buddy. We we appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Talk to you. Bye. His ears are probably tingling. He's like, all right, I got it. He's got spider sense. <laughs> yeah. That was wild. That was crazy. When you look, you looked at your phone, I was like, what is this guy? Yeah, why is he phone?
0: looking at his phone? Because yeah. because I'm one of the people that when I'm doing something intentionally, I I don't look at my phone. Right. Normally, I have a completely on silent face down or in my pocket because mm. even on the table it's a distraction right. so i'm actually going to put my phone in my back pocket right now like i normally do or i'll actually a lot of times yeah, i to it 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 yeah
1: you do leave it out yeah. uh, and
0: i and i'm intentional about that for a reason right Same. like when my girlfriend and i go on dates we have a no phone rule right uh, we're very intentional should. about being yeah. intentional yeah present, yeah. Yeah. present. Yeah. and so when i i got the notification on my watch that my phone was going off yeah. and i'm like I'm thinking that's my girlfriend, but I'm like, Anna knows that we're recording right now. I don't know what's going on. Right. Matt Ballard. And I'm like, that's <laughs>
1: Man, wild. Man, that's that's crazy. But yeah, definitely episode episode two. Uh, part two. Part two. Coming soon. And I'm gonna The people so I, want it.
0: So I want to run the numbers more. Uh I only yeah. had I ran the numbers on Monday. And even for day for one day into the podcast, they were pretty high. I don't right. remember if they were off the top of my head, but I'm gonna Go back and run them as we get closer to about a week in right. and look at everything all combined and see what they're sitting at. But they were, the numbers for that podcast, the, that,
1: that was has to be, yeah, the most they listened good. to. Yeah. They were good.
0: Yeah. tell you that much. So we're,
1: <laughs> damn, <laughs> Matt threw there. us off. Yeah. See, we're getting really sidetracked today, um, but
0: we were talking a uh, handful of different things. You talk about,
1: you talk oh, about football. All right, right, right. There you go. There so
0: I don't remember where you were going. So like football didn't work out. You're supposed to be in the NFL. Yada yada. yada. Right. So which, you could. have I wasn't. That was.
1: <laughs> it was. It was, a, it was a dream. But I'm about to say. But you could have had like that victim mentality to where that could have stuck with you for a long time. You could have. That could have prevented you from you know wanting to, you know, go to school and finish your degree and then get into you know your company now. But you chose not to. You chose to just switch gears. You chose to make that pivot. You know. Um, when things don't work out, like you can easily play the victim, you know, whether, be, you know, you're not getting that job or that relationship not working out. You can, you know, use that for like that sympathy or empathy or even like that attention, which becomes addicting too, um, at that point. But learn how to like, you know, sometimes you can sit in it, whether it be like, you know, someone dies and sometimes
0: you need to you need
1: to. Yeah, it's like a grieving process when things don't work out, um, but you can't play the victim like. You got to somehow transition that into, you know, that plan B or that plan C. When plan A doesn't work out, I said plan B. So I had to add some more letters in there. But uh, (laughs) you got to pivot at times in life. Um, And that's when it comes to, you know, making that transition from a victim to a victor. You know, taking those, you know, challenges that you kind of experience in life. Um, Whether it be your upbringing or different things, whether it could be your race at times, it could be, you know, your gender, anything, your, you know, sexual orientation, whatever it may be, Um, trying to change that and use that to become like a victor, like overcoming those challenges, you know. Um,
0: I want to backtrack really quick. So something that I think is important, you know, you touched on, there is a time and a place to sit into it and take that. Right. Attention, sympathy, empathy that we talked about. Mm. There's a time and a place for it. Everyone grieves differently. For sure. The psychological phenomena that is grieving Mm -hmm. goes in the order, generally speaking. You know, there's the one offs where you skip a step of denial, acceptance, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Mm. Every step takes a different length. Mm. Every person may skip a step. A lot of times you'll skip denial. Mm -hmm. I remember when Miles died, the I sat in denial for a for a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wasn't the anger really wasn't there. I was more angry at myself. Mm. Bargained for a little while and then sat in depression for a little while and then the okay. acceptance came comes around. Right. Every step is different lengths. Every mm. person mm. moves through the steps differently. Sometimes you backtrack into a step again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Whatever. But every person is different in that sense, just like every person's physically different.
1: All right. So I
0: think this is a good conversation to have as a generality. Right, right. But there's no guarantees in anything. Yeah, in life. You know, like, if my, <laughs> if my, like knock on wood, uh-huh. lose both my parents tomorrow, yeah, you're damn right, I'm going to sulk for a while. For sure. But a year, six mm. months, three months, whatever it is from now, mm. it's not a reason to not do something. Right. It's not a reason to quit well, my job. Like, yeah,
1: people get caught in that, though, yeah. so many times. that's the life. point. Even if it's like, say, an athlete that – you know that you, always hear, you always hear like the high school athlete that was like the star-studded athlete um, that was always portrayed in movies like – That they never still, left their hometown. Yeah, never left the hometown. Still, you go to their house, they're watching like the highlight tapes, like reliving like hey, their listen, moment. Hey, listen. That's going to be me, so easy on the highlight tape. <laughs> As I'm looking you right in your eye.
0: But there's – so – and I think you talk about athletes. Mm-hmm. A perfect example is Johnny Knox – and for those of you that don't know Johnny Knox, he didn't follow football very closely in the right. 2010s. Uh-huh. Johnny Knox was supposed to be the next Devin Hester for the Chicago Bears. Okay. He was a freak. He was a pretty good wide receiver, mm. but he was an ungodly and un, like, pretty much generational return man mm. for the Chicago Bears. Johnny Knox got broken in half. And I don't mean that figuratively, I mean, he fell forward, fall, I think he was diving for a fumble. And someone on a kickoff dove at him and physically bent him backwards in half. Johnny Knox broke his back. Johnny Mm. Knox had every excuse to become an alcoholic Mm -hmm. or a drug addict or to not do anything for his life because he played for the Bears. Mm -hmm. He had millions of dollars. He didn't need to work ever again. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, about five years later, I actually physically saw Johnny Knox walking, training kids playing football. See, yeah,
1: he used that. He
0: was working, I believe, working with a company called EFT. I believe, don't quote me on that, um, every excuse in the book to not move Mm. forward. Yeah. And he said, screw it. This is my passion. I love this. I'm going to work through it. Yeah, he never played another down of football for the Bears, Mm. but he's helping kids achieve their dreams. It's pretty damn good if you ask me. Right. So, wanted to touch on that a little bit mm. uh it just kind of popped in my brain right when you brought up you know football players that yeah there's so many examples of that yeah
1: yeah there's there's a kid now and every time i see him play basketball i'm like just amazed because he has one arm i'm not sure oh he, no he just signed yeah. to play D, He uh, said he's playing d1? d1 yeah i think i forget the small, small d1 but yeah. d1 but still yeah and he's playing like he's in he has his own gatorade commercial now what? like this kid is ripping it up one arm you see him play People still can't stop him. He's dunking. He's doing all these things. But, um, like, his story, he just... I don't know if he was born, like, if it was a birth defect, but he somehow got into basketball and never let that kind of hold him back, you know, and he kind of used that for motivation to get into where he is now and then hopefully... Um, I'll be praying for him to eventually make it to the NBA because I would love to see in the that. Even the Drew League, even playing yeah, Drew League, he, minor. He played in Drew League. Did yeah, he? He's playing. He played the summer. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So this hearing this story, stories like that, whether it be you know athletics or you know business, um, I'm reading the subtle art of not giving an F right now, and one of the um, stories in there is about the Beatles and the original drummer ended up getting like cut by the Beatles. And he made it his mission to start like the super band and become more successful than the Beatles. And of course, it didn't happen because it's the Beatles. He he reached his own success, but just not as much as the Beatles. And and the the passage was like he kind of let that get to him for like his whole life. Like he had that victim mentality. It was like, man, if I never got kicked out of the Beatles, I would have been, you know, this superb like individual. I'm like, y- you still reach success too on his own, but it's just not as much as the Beatles. So I'm like. That can stay with you for a long time. So like you said, at some point, you got to give yourself time. But at some point, you got to make that pivot and kind of transition into that victor mentality where you kind of use those setbacks and challenges as um, motivation. So
0: I do want to backtrack. Uh, <coughs> okay. Well, quite a I yeah, really. <laughs> wish I would have started with this question. Mm. Define each victim and define mm. victor. Define those in your own words. And then I will as well. I want to compare where hmm. our thoughts are on those.
1: I would say a victim is, it can be taken like in a, a bunch of different ways, but if we are going like a broad concept, is um, something that has happened to someone in which they can, I don't know, something that has happened to.
0: Would it be easier if I went
1: first? Yeah. Because I'm be,
0: kind of sitting on an answer, would or, that be easier? Is that you
1: sitting on that? Okay. Well, yeah, let me, so. Let me Google it real quick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dan breaks out his thesaurus. Yeah. So I think, and I think the easiest way that I can describe this okay. is in a mindset point of view. Okay. Victim is a because mindset, victor is a despite mindset. I like and I that. say that in this sense you're a victim when you say, I am blank. Because, yeah. I am in finance because I couldn't get a job as an accountant. Just for an example,
1: mm. not to call you out or not. I'm about to say that. <laughs> I'm bad at accounting. So.
0: Whereas your story right. would be, I am in finance despite coming from a single parent oh, household. Okay,
1: I like that. I like now
0: that. there's one offs. Yeah, I'm in finance because I come from a single parent household. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't taught how to deal with money right. I played football Because I come from a, a Football house or I come from a, a household of athletes You know mm-hmm. there's one offs where, where the story doesn't make sense right. But when you're blaming Your situation yeah. On a because situation mm-hmm. You're a victim right. When you're attributing Your situation to a despite situation mm-hmm. You're a victor
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's that's where my like mindset that. goes. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. You know, the yeah. Spartans were victorious mm-hmm. despite not being the most intelligent. Mm-hmm. Spartans weren't known for their for their brains. Right. Spartans were known for <laughs> their well, strength. Yeah. Pillage. Oh, oh, okay. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the other word I was scruff, that goes with yeah. for pillaging villages. Yeah. Right. You know. Spartans were victorious despite the lack of intelligence. I
1: like that. I like that. I guess for both it's a mindset. But when it comes to being a victim, it's like kind of like how you just put it. It's because of. But for me, I think it's like also due to not wanting to change. Whereas a victor, you kind of see the change. And you kind of see the change and you want to change. So being a victim...
0: So Victor well, would be like welcoming that, the change?
1: Right, right. Whereas a victim, you kind of, maybe you see the change that needs to occur, but you kind of prevent it from happening or like take your time. Because there's a lot of people that are like, I'm just the way I am. You know, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I hear people say, I'm just the way I am. Which like, is...
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's things to stand firm on. So right. don't get that confused. I'm a firm believer to stand on your morals. Yep. And there's an old country song. You're not going to know this. Very few people will except for me because I'm a redneck. <laughs> but if you stand, stand for something or you'll fall for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's definitely
0: um, a It's I think it's a Travis Tritt song. I could be wrong on that, but it's an old country song. Mm. Um, you know. Stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Right. There's and different I scenarios. And I wholeheartedly believe that. Right. You have to stand for your laurels and your morals. You need to. Right. If you don't, you'll fall for anything. It's right. absolutely right. You'll be
1: tested. Yeah. It'll that be
0: being tested. said, yeah. in a relationship, if you're the pr- or in life, period. Mm. But the first thing I went to is in a relationship. Mm. You know. Oh, I I walk out on fights. That's just the way that I am. Or I scream when I get angry, and that's just the way.
1: Yeah. F- no. Right. Grow up. Right. At some Learn point. to change. Yeah. Learn to grow. Yeah. And admit you're wrong too. It's like you're not always right you know admit you're wrong
0: oh my god okay. I admit that I'm wrong and I'm well I'm wrong more often than I even admit but <laughs> you know you gotta have the humility yeah to know when you're not right right know when you're not perfect yeah cause it's pretty freaking often for yeah. everybody
1: yeah and sometimes even if when you're right you're wrong That's it, say that right what even when you're you're right you're wrong uh, saying it again doesn't help me <laughs> <I> understand <laughs> I'm trying to think about it in my head but, I mean, sometimes you got to, like, even when you're right.
0: It's not the right thing to say? Yeah. Is that what you're trying to get something at? Something
1: like that. Maybe that's, the, yeah. The so,
0: like, even when what you're doing is correct, right. it's not the right way to go
1: about it? Or the right time, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, we'll, we'll skip, oh, yeah, skip over me that. Me, skip. Dan, Dan
0: <laughs> come back. Write that down yeah. and come back to it next week. No,
1: I'm just kidding. Uh, you meant you well. Episode 100. Um. <laughs> Jesus.
0: So, there was something else that you touched on to backtrack forward because we backtracked pretty far before again so to backtrack forward here you know back to the future real quick you touched on different situations where you see a victim mindset and this is not to call anyone
1: no definitely not you know
0: any gender any race any Mm. uh, ethical
1: any (laughs) sexual orientation uh,
0: any of that stuff we're not here to call you out
1: no definitely not
0: but that being said what situations do you feel like you see it in because i see it a lot in political Mm -hmm. whether that is one side or the other or that's just political conversations i see it race on both sides i think you're absolutely right it happens on gender on both sides um a lot now sexual orientation that's really come to the forefront of Mm -hmm. being an issue with the victim card right but it's everywhere. It is, I don't think it is. anyone's exempt every from spectrum, it. Every spectrum, yeah, every spectrum. Um, every yeah. spectrum of the of any situation. Yeah. Every political belief, every religious belief. Mm-hmm. Everyone has played the victim card. Right. I sit here and say that I was not raised to play victim, but I still do it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'll I'll be the first to admit it. All right. I've screwed up more than anyone else in the world, and <laughs> I play victims so often. Oh, Yeah. And we all do. Yeah. Yeah. We all. No do one's all. exempt from it. Yeah. But I think that there are, it, it it's more often, it's more prevalent now.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like having that awareness too to realize you're playing the victim and kind of wanting to then switch out of that mentality.
0: And I think that that's so rare. That it self-awareness is, yeah, is so rare. That's
1: what I preach nowadays, becoming more self-aware to the smallest things. Like why you do something. some of the things you do, like why are you the way you are, you know? once you start to it. unpack that, yeah, and, and recognize it, you can then make that change to kind of improve and better yourself in that case
0: so um, one of i'm going to touch on this and okay uh, i'm a firm <clears throat> believer and i've talked about this before In sidebar his name is jordan peterson was the canadian psychologist yeah. that i tried to come up with so long ago
1: i just listened to one of his uh little spills i on love YouTube. him yeah. i love him yeah, yeah.
0: because he does not care right he's going to say what needs to be said mm-hmm. he is authentic with what he believes and what he says yeah and I love that and I respect him for it. Do I agree with everything he says? Hell no. Right. I don't agree with everything anybody Any says. You I don't should, agree with yeah. half
1: the stuff that you say. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, and we'll like have a person. conversation
0: about it because we're right. grown-ups. We can talk yeah. about it peacefully. Right. But I've talked about it before that strong men create good times. Mm-hmm. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard you. times. Right. Hard times create strong men. Mm-hmm. It's a circle. Yeah. We and I stand by this wholeheartedly based off of a conversation that I had with my girlfriend about six months ago. We are in hard times, mm-hmm. meaning we're sitting on weak men because right. weak men create hard times. Yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that that's why we've seen such an increase in the victim mindset mm. is because we're sitting in hard times right. because we have weak men, yeah. we haven't been in this long enough. Mm-hmm. To have created strong men. Yeah. There's one-offs. Mm-hmm. Yourself included. Right.
1: Well, I think there's that evolution. Well, maybe it's just for me because I'm putting that work in now to become, you know, stronger so that I can, so that I can, so that I can give back to like that, you know, young younger me that I see in, in some of the kids to that create I mentor. stronger men than you right. are. Yeah, because we had an event yesterday. Um, where it was a boys' night out, and one of the parents stayed there to kind of like oversee what was going on and she was like yeah i'm so sorry guys but i tend to over parent you know my kid and even like because the kid that broke his arm not too long ago it's like even when he broke his arm like i i babied him i coddled him i'm like well that was me when i was a kid too but at some point he's gonna have to break away from that you know He'll, he's gonna have to not become a man but in a sense know that mom is not always going to be there because she's not because um, she's not yeah and so i was there's a came.
0: there's a david goggins quote Mm. why do you do what you do and I every single I, David Goggins is he says that he's doing it not to really grow himself but he's mm. doing it to callous his brain okay. so that when he wakes up at 3am to a phone call saying that his mom is dead mm. okay cool I've been through this
1: you know? that'll be tough man. yeah the reaction's not going
0: to be exactly like that yeah, yeah, I hope not but his I brain's been not. calloused yeah he's gone through much harder times right. than having to not have his mom there for a phone call right. it's a different type of emotional pain i'm not trying to play that down yeah. mm-hmm. and for anyone going through that i couldn't yeah, imagine what tough. you're going through
1: yeah it's tough I can but
0: know. he yeah. goes to he intentionally puts <laughs> himself in hard situations there's a clothing brand actually oh, he's the one that
1: did like the a uh, thousand push-ups or something everything or david Goggins has yeah. done every
0: physical challenge that you can put yourself really? through i would recommend listening to him if you're in sports if you lift mm-hmm. if you
1: work whatever
0: it's a little cliche. He's a little over the top.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I love caveat. it. Yeah. If you need know, it for motivation, yeah, definitely. Listen great to it. Some motivator. of the things you do, I'm like, I don't have to do that to prove that I'm a no, man. No, but I know <laughs> me. Absolutely yeah. not.
0: And I wouldn't say anyone needs to run a marathon or a, over like a super marathon. I don't remember what he ran. Yeah, he's, but he's done so he's much just to stuff mm-hmm. to callous his brain. It's a it's a thought process that's very interesting to me.
2: All right.
0: There's a clothing brand. I believe it's called F-E-W Will Hunt. F-E-W Will Hunt. I love it. It's the same type of idea. Mm-hmm. They have, I believe that this is that brand, so don't quote me on it. I'm just, huh. it came up to the top of my brain. They have a shirt that says, Comfort is a slow death. Prefer pain. Mm. And I love it. Mm. Every day, I do something that's difficult. Yeah, you have to. You
1: have to get it out of that, you know, like you said, that comfortness. It's why I started drinking black
0: coffee. Mm-hmm. I hated it, but I wanted something that was. I actively had to go against my brain on. Oh. It is one of the reasons that um, William McRaven says to make your bed. Actively do something that you have to consciously think about every single day. Right. For me, it is waking up in the morning to go work out. I have fallen so far off of that bandwagon <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. Admittedly, work's been rough. Mm-hmm. It's been a tough couple of weeks. Yeah, you
1: still got to make that routine.
0: A lot yeah. of crap rolling around mm-hmm. trying to get this in all the time. Yeah. A lot of stuff. I've fallen off of that turnip truck. Mm. That's a weird sentence. But I've fallen that, off of a turnip?
1: turnip truck. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, like, not like a turnip, like uh, the vegetable? Like, or like, like Jesus turnip. Christ, yes, <laughs> like a vegetable. But,
0: you know, I've fallen off that bank. Admittedly, I've fallen right. off bank bang. Ragged. So when my alarm goes off at 4.30, yeah, you're damn right. That's the same reaction I had. It's just
1: <laughs> but. Why so early? I've, I'm right behind, like 5.30 is like mine.
0: Uh, it's a, Well, I have a much longer ride to, oh, to the hard work hard. and the gym. Yeah. So, my thought process is yeah, it's really comfortable to lay in bed. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is laying in bed right now. Why mm-hmm. shouldn't you? Yeah. And that's, that's why like.
1: I asked Matt last week like, what's the, because you all have those moments where it's like you hear your alarm and you want to hit snooze and you may hit snooze, but what's that one thing that kind of gets you up out of bed at that moment? You know, because you can lay in bed, or right, another 10, to 15 minutes. But, you know, I feel like with you, you probably just be like, all right, think of something that mo- that motivates you to want to get out of bed.
0: So there is, God, I wish I knew her name, but I've heard her say it a few times in a mm. few different aspects on on a couple different things. One of them being uh, Tom Bilyeu. I can't think of his podcast name right now. Oh, um, shoot. I never, uh, this is going to bother me.
1: Shoot, this I can't believe it. Yeah, so here.
0: He does a lot of YouTube videos with it and everything. I love Tom mm. Billiou. If you're looking for motivation on different things, different subjects, great, great listen. Tom Billiou uh, has talked to this woman before. Mm. And I believe she's a psychologist, sleep psychologist, whatever she is. I don't remember off the top of my head. But she talks about when your alarm goes off, you have about five to seven seconds to make that decision.
2: Mm.
0: Otherwise, you're not getting up. Right. So, what she does and how she changed her life is when that alarm goes off, she talks to herself like she's at NASA. She gives herself a five-second countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. And then she's up. And And then she goes. She's like, I don't have any choice because once once you pass that five-second mark, you're done. You're not getting up. It's happened. (laughs) It's passed. So she's like, I give myself five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Yeah. And, I, and I've done it a couple times, and it, it works pretty well. Yeah. But it's the issue of, hey, after I have my breakfast, it's like, ooh, haven't had coffee, haven't had a pre-workout yet. <laughs> bed looks pretty comfortable. Right. Or the couch. <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't lay on that couch. It's small. No. Uh. <laughs> but nevertheless, I mean, I don't know how we got here. Yeah. But yeah. That's, I mean, that's the point. There's, mm. You can be so comfortable in a lot of different situations. In life, yeah. Whether that's waking up first thing in the morning, it's mm. very comfortable to go back to sleep. Mm. Or sulking. In a bad situation, right? And playing that victim card. Yeah, I am here because my mom died. Right. That's why I wound up unemployed. Then my unemployment turned into me not getting another job. Yeah. Collecting unemployment. All right. But then my unemployment benefits ran out, and now I'm homeless, and now I'm here, and now I'm this. Right. All because so, yeah. my mom died, and I couldn't get back to work.
1: Right. And stories see that so much more now
0: than we ever have yeah. in the history of the U.S. Right.
1: You know, the other thing is too is that I feel like us as people feel like the world owe us, in a sense. Cause oh, it's we're like, so entitled. Yeah, you're so entitled. That's a better way to put it. To where it's like, oh, like I, you know, African-American, I should get all these, you know, grants or um, loans, or not loans, but grants when it comes to like colleges or I'm African-American, so like there's more steps to get through to kind of get th- to, you know, whatever level you're trying to reach in life. Um, Which they may be, but, you know, realizing that they are there, but not using those as an excuse to kind of, like, get to where you want to get to. It was like, you got to use that as motivation. Like, for me, I'm probably, like, as black as it gets. So, it's like, I know I'm black, and I never use that, like, as an excuse, in a sense, to to get to it. Justin's dying right now, and they're shaking his head. I don't know what's going on, but.
0: You almost, like, um, you almost made it sound like you're purebred, and that's just not okay to say, (laughs) dude. I'm as black as it as gets. Far as
1: skin, skin tone, skin tone. So um, question for you. Okay.
0: And this goes with that. I mean, you touched on, you know, feeling like you were owed X, Y, or Z. Right. I've heard a handful of times, and this is actually something that I believe in, when you look at the stats and you break it down, mm-hmm. there's good intention behind a lot of the things that get thrown around, but it causes so many issues. Right. The first, when you when you break things down, by number. And this, I don't mean to get political by anything, mm-hmm. by any means. Right. There's a few different things that predominantly impact the black community. Mm-hmm. When you look at, and I've touched on, I've to actually talked to you about single fatherhood and single father, single father rates. Right. Something that you've been impacted on, something that you want to have an impact on with mm-hmm. your not-for-profit. Right. When you look at things like welfare, welfare was designed to help right. was designed generally speaking I like to believe with good intentions mm. but welfare incentivizes single parenthood
2: yeah, yeah.
0: it hurts a lot mm. you know it, it helps on the it helps on the front end right? but on the back end it's incentivizing single parenthood which is now pushing a lot of different crap
1: right right it's funny I was just thinking about that today because it was like it's incentivized but it was never meant for it to be a long term situation no like it's supposed to be short term like yeah. alright you lose your job alright here's some food stamps um that you need for like a couple of months but then eventually get off of those food stamps when you find a back. new job and do whatever right, right but now the system kind of works to where you can stay in it longer um if not, you know, take a little break. You know, find a job, but then you're like, well, I don't need this. I could just go back on welfare. Go back on welfare. welfare. You'll make more. A lot of times, you make yeah. more on welfare and unemployment than you do working. Exactly. Especially nowadays, like you can make a lot. So it's like, it's funny. My mom was like, we were on welfare for a little bit, like when I was younger, but she was like so anti getting help. Like she was like, I'd rather work ten jobs than uh, be which, on welfare.
0: Which led to you, and I, I firmly believe that right. when you have a parent that has that mindset. Mm. You look at your you, – how, how many jobs did your mom work growing up? Several. I mean, you've a talked lot, yeah, about this I a lot.
1: Yeah, I couldn't keep track. I couldn't tell you. Yeah.
0: You know, you're, you watched your mom yeah. work her, her tail ta- off.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was a latchkey kid growing up because so she had to work, you know, yeah. two jobs at times just to kind of keep the lights on. And so I think that that's led to you. Yeah. Same thing with Matt said. And that kind of motivated me to want to be like, all right, well, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. To put myself in a better financial position to where I can now, you know, help her out. Like, oh mom, you need help with this bill. All right, I got you. Don't worry about it. Um, and eventually, want to be like, hey mom, I got you know your mortgage or yeah, just to say, don't worry about it. Like, I'll retire you, even though she's not working now, but uh, wanting to retire her at like a younger age, so you she didn't have to like spend her whole life working, because that's what we get caught up in too. Just like working, 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 and not really enjoying life. So. That kind of motivated me um, to be successful in life and kind of put myself in a position to, you know, eventually take care of her. And my dad, too. Um, but more so my mom, just yeah. kind of, yeah.
0: yeah. she raised you. Right. So there, and there's the one other thing that I want to talk about that kind of goes with the welfare side of things, mm-hmm. is called affirmative action. <laughs> yeah. And this is something that I have listened to a lot of different people talk about on both sides of the spectrum. Right. Get different sides of view. I've listened to college kids talk about it on different interviews and whatever. Mm-hmm. Affirmative Action was designed to help predominantly, and I think almost strictly, African Americans yep. get collegiate educations, which mm-hmm. is an awesome program. Mm-hmm. Firmly believe in it. Right. But I think that kids now almost look at it like, I only get this education because of Affirmative Action. Right. I watched, I don't even know who it was, but he was talking to some college kids about Affirmative Action. Mm-hmm. Black Girl comes on, because I believe wholeheartedly in Affirmative Action. I wouldn't be here without Affirmative Action. Right. He was at some school in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Steven Crowder who leans very far right actually okay uh but one thing that i like about stephen crowder is he has open conversations right hey i'm gonna source these my sources are in front of you mm-hmm. i'm not here to have a gotcha moment right let's have a legitimate conversation yeah. he doesn't raise his voice he tried really tries to get people not to raise their voice mm-hmm. it's a pretty uh not relaxed but tame conversation usually okay generally speaking you mm-hmm. get the one-offs everywhere
2: mm-hmm.
0: so whatever end of the spectrum you're on, I think Steven Crowder is good sources for stuff, mostly, generally speaking. I don't agree with everything he says, like right. everybody. But, that being said, he talks about affirmative action on one of the Texas schools campuses. Black girl comes on, I'm only here because of affirmative action. Mm. And if I remember correctly, if I remember the conversation correctly, she's like, well, I had a 4.0, and I, I did X, Y, and Z in high school. And he's like, okay, why the hell wouldn't you have gotten in yeah, without affirmative action? Yeah. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, you did everything right. You took the AP classes. You got the GPA.
1: Right. You would
0: have gotten in. Yeah. He's like, do you really believe from the bottom of your heart that you're only here because of affirmative action? Mm. And she, like, stops, and she took a step back. She goes, well, no, but I'm sure it helped other people. And he goes, sure, I'm sure it probably has. Yeah. But were they not able to take the same AP classes and do the same, generally speaking, effort that you put in mm. as a black girl? All right. So it's, it's an interesting take that like mm. she almost had a victim mindset when she didn't need it. And that's uh, – Yeah. And she put herself in to, it.
1: Yep. Yep. In any circumstance, yeah. But yeah. that's
0: – and it's it's interesting because this obviously right. isn't something that I can speak from firsthand. Yeah. I am a white man from a middle-class family, <laughs> which is part of the reason I love speaking with you because yeah. we come from such different drastically regions. different places. Yeah, yeah. right. But right. we're still here. Yeah. At the same place. Right. And generally, I mean, in you're more race. educated than I am. Yeah. <laughs> Like I think that's one of the things. Both my parents have master's degrees. My brother is a doctor of physical therapy. Mm. I'm the least educated person in my direct family. Here we are. You have a higher education than I do. Yeah. You make a whole hell of a lot more right now than I do. Yeah. Here we are. You'll be there. We're well. I I sure as hell hope so. But (laughs) you know, we come from two very different backgrounds, and it's just interesting to see the work that you've put in Mm. to outpace someone that comes from a higher starting point. Right. And that's not me to sit here and toot your horn. Right. Woo-woo, go you. Yeah. <laughs> no, screw yeah. that. You're here despite your background, not hey, because of your background. You put but the I think, work in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, hey, you put the work in. Like, for me, it's like, that's the one thing. I'm going to always bet on myself. No matter who I'm going up against, like, I'm going to always bet on I'll myself. I'll never
0: be surprised before you wind yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So never. It's
1: like, I'm going to put the work in. I'll be working 24-7 if I have to. Um, even, like, when my first job, I had uh, um get yeah, my master's. Like, I applied for so many positions and at times like i thought like maybe my last name kind of hindered me from getting certain positions because it's poku which is if you look it up it's an african name um,
0: it as black as it gets remember yeah,
1: right. <laughs> uh, end quote that is not for me let me find skip the head and <laughs> just hears that what <laughs> it's like for me is like i know like all the cars stacked against me like i know like all that but i use that as motivation you know this whole time is like no matter what the cir- circumstance may be, it's like I found find some way to use that as motivation. You know, whether it be, you know, my upbringing, like I said before, um, not getting certain jobs. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to prove you wrong, which it's not the best mindset you should have trying to pull pe- prove people wrong because, like I said with the run... Um, um, Beatles. Beatles, yeah, the drummer. Like, that was his mindset. Like, I'm going to prove them wrong and that look what it got him. You know, he just you know, resented the Beatles, like, for years, and I kind of, like, hurt them, in a sense. So, for me, I'm trying to transition out of that mind- mindset and just be like, okay, I'm always betting myself, no matter the situation. You know, if I have to, okay, get more, you know, schooling, in a sense, maybe he's getting my, my doctorate at, one, at some point in life just to be able to kind of catapult myself into another position. Um, I'll do that. You know, with the non like, I'm going to put way more time and effort into it now that it's an actual thing, because it's like I'm gonna change people's lives. I keep telling myself this every day. It's like I'm about to change the world with this nonprofit. I'm about to change the world. And it's gonna start in Florida, but at some point we're gonna be in every state, you know. Um, and that's where I can see, it, and that's like my motivation now, and to kind of get to that point. But definitely starting, you know, from the ground up, which is focusing on Florida and spreading across the U.S. But I'm like, I'm about to change the world, and
0: it starts small. Yeah. You have to start with one person. All right. You know, I've talked about it a handful. We talked about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Change ten people's lives. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, what it's that's, about. that's um, where you start. I need to right. get ten people, but that ten people starts with one person. Mm-hmm. That's where it does. And and I think the saving grace is that you know this is off topic for what we were talking about to an extent. <laughs> I think the saving grace is that you know with all your work with Bubba, oh, you're already helping a lot of single parents with kids that are already having issues. Yeah, you're already making an impact in that scene.
1: Yeah, and I can feel it. Like even last night, I was dead tired like I was exhausted but we ended up playing like football with like the little kids and we did like manhunt and I was like just seeing like the smile on the kids faces like them laughing having fun and just kind of disconnecting from whatever you know they may have experienced in life because we have some really tragic stories in there I'll, I can discuss with you off um, recording but just seeing some of those kids faces they're laughing they're in the moment they're having fun like they're coming up to us like dapping us up like thanking us so it was like I, those are the moments I'll kind of live for you know just trying to make that impact in that kid's life like being a good role model you know for them Absolutely. and doing work with them definitely you know changed me for the better so oh I'm sure yeah
0: and I'm actually a little upset I didn't know that yesterday was boys Night out
1: I know it was like the unofficial but it was like a link up we called it um, but you'll be at there was tons so get, get ready I'm get a ready little but so
0: Jalen if you're listening <laughs> I'm coming for you uh did you have anything else that you want to talk about today? Um, you, we covered a, a lot. We, took,
1: we covered a lot. That was mostly what I wanted to kind of cover, the victim-to-victor mentality. Um, there was something else called self-efficacy, but we can save that for another uh, recording, which kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what we talked about. And that's just kind of like, it's almost like a theory to where it's like, if you believe you can achieve something, then you're more than likely to do it. You just got to put action towards it, in a sense.
0: There's a, there's a psychological phenomenon Called And I actually straight up told you today that I was like, I don't really particularly know what self-efficacy is off the top of my yeah. brain when you texted me. <laughs> yep. uh, so I, this is why I told you to take the reins on this because this yeah. is a story that I think, I don't want to say more strongly relates to you, but I think yeah, that you does. could touch on more strongly yeah. than I could. Right. Self-efficacy, uh, there's a psychological phenomenon called the self-fulfilling prophecy, mm. which I think goes hand in hand yeah, with what you're saying. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, the self-fulfilling prophecy is saying you're something, believing you're something, and then right. becoming that something. Right, right, It is part of the reason, and I think that this is an extreme example, mm. part of the reason that standardized tests no longer ask for your gender. Mm. Uh, the way it was described to me is that women tend to believe that they're worse at math, okay. which is utterly makes no sense to me. But mm. So they no longer ask for your gender because if you put you're a woman, you're more likely to do poorly on the math. Mm. Whereas opposed to if you just don't put what gender you are, the levels kind of even out in math uh-huh. results. Right. It's an odd example, but it goes to show you exactly what it means. It's just like a kicker in football. If I line up saying I'm not going to make this kick, you're going to miss it. Right, you're going to bomb it. Yeah. The Bengals kicker, can't remember his name, worth a damn. But when he lined you're up really at the AFC about. Championship, yeah, yeah. he walked up to Joe Burrow, said, hey, sounds like we're going to the Super Bowl, and then went out there and kicked the game-winning field goal mm-hmm. to go to the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's
1: how you have to have it. Yeah, You have to have that mindset.
0: Um, so touch more on self-efficacy mm-hmm. and really what that is, what it means to you, and why yeah. you wanted to talk about it really quick.
1: So the motivation behind that also came from the Great Man Within podcast. And the host was just talking about how he had to like make that transition from like laying in bed to getting back to being active. Whether it be, like he said, running for five minutes a day, then eventually 10, then eventually 15. But he kind of willed himself to that point to where he could have stayed in that, that victim mindset and kind of stayed in bed and chill but he was like no i gotta get back to working out back to you know being active and so like the actual definition of it and i wrote it down um and there's tons of definitions out there but they all kind of sum up to the same thing but it's in it, it an individual's belief in their capacity to act in the ways necessary to reach specific goals um and so to me to sum it up it means just believing in yourself like you said, you might not, you know, have all the tools you need at that point in time, but knowing that, like you said, you're going to make that field goal to send your team into, like, the the Super Bowl or whatever the case may be, or um, you're going to ace that interview and get that job. Like, it all starts from, from within. Like, you got to believe in yourself before anyone else can kind of believe in you, in a sense. And that's where you get, like, your confidence from. Um, that's where you get, like, your your value. You find that and your self-worth, too. It's just taking that initial step to kind of believe in yourself first you can kind of uh, move through that like i said like it takes you being motivated to an action like it's easy to be motivated like uh, we all get motivated but actually acting on that motivation is um the key to self-advocacy i feel like
0: and i think there's another piece of it that goes from not only yourself, but hearing, talking to, and watching mm. people that have done it successfully. That too, yeah, yeah. For me, at work, there's one particular person. His name is Zach. Mm. One of the most successful in firm history okay. at my job. All right. And I had an absolute crap day on Monday. <laughs> Walked away from my desk. was like, I need a minute just to kind of regather myself. Just wasn't having good conversations anything. So All for right. those of you that are in sales, you know how that goes. All right. went up talked to Zach for a little bit like, Zach I just need to listen to you, (coughs) chit chat with you for a couple minutes probably 15 minutes I don't know and uh, and I'm sitting there and it is really really humbling to sit there and bitch about your day and to look in front of you and see a rookie of the year trophy Hmm. and I stopped and I went, stopped complaining Zach stopped talking for a minute and I looked at him (laughs) and said how? what'd you do? Right. what did you do differently than every other rookie that fiscal year mm. what did you do that set you apart that got you this trophy mm. and we got to talking and he compared the job to a sport and all these different things okay. and finally I went up to him yesterday or two days ago after the, after our conversation mm. and I was like Zach I, I need you to know that you lit a fire under my ass." yeah eyes.
1: shout out to him for that because he could have easily been like you know rubbed like struck you off and kind of kept you moving but he kind of Oh, for Seems anyone like,
0: looking for a job, I mean Fisher Investments is the best work environment I've ever had in my entire really? life. Okay.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable.
2: Okay.
0: But that same mindset I took with things like sports. Mm-hmm. I was successful in football because I was willing to take chances that no one else would. Mm-hmm. I went out on a field, and I said, "I don't care. I'm the best player on this field." Right. You, I would be going up against a D- Division One defensive lineman. Mm-hmm doesn't matter. He's not going to tackle me. He can't, he can't get a hold of me. Defense, division One corners or safeties. Yeah. doesn't matter. I'll put the ball where he can't get it. Mm. And the reason behind that, and this is super weird, but I still watch it and I still <laughs> preach it, is the uh, – remember John Gruden's QB camps back in the day? Oh, yeah, yeah. He used to do them before he went back to the Raiders to coach. Uh. I loved them. I always watched them. I thought they were super interesting yeah. uh, to hear NFL QBs and what they're thinking. He did a special one with Brett Favre after Brett Favre got into the Hall of Fame, and he would break down film from Favre's days as a Packer. Oh, yeah. There was a throw, and he's, I believe it was a cover two hole shot. For those of you that know what football is, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you that don't, it's the space between the safety up top and the corner down low. Mm. I love that throw (laughs) to the point where my college coach was like, holy crap, stop throwing a hole shot. And I was like, no, I won't. Because when you complete it, it's the greatest feeling in the world. What but the hell get, that when it grew. gets picked off, you look like a freaking idiot. <laughs> but he hit one, and it went for like a 60-yard touchdown. John mm. Gruden's like, dude, he's double-covered. you got a guy wide open over the middle for a first down. Why would you throw it? And Brett Favre just laughs and goes,
2: because
0: oh, I can? Why not? He's not going to pick it off. I, I believe in myself more than I believe in that safety. Right. I believe that I'm going to complete it more than I believe that the safety's going to pick it off. Yeah. So I'll take that chance every time.
1: Yeah, and even even if he does, then you take responsibility for that. Yeah, then you yeah. own up. I screwed yeah. up. My
0: bad. Won't we'll right. do it again. Sorry, guys. That's how I played football. Right. And I threw a lot of interceptions, <laughs> but I got a lot of scholarship offers.
1: Right. From taking we, chances,
0: we won the first round playoff game because yeah. I was willing to take chances. Right. I did a lot of stupid shit playing football, <laughs> but it, but a lot of it worked. Yeah. I wouldn't keep taking chances if some of them didn't work out. Yeah. Part of it's luck. Part of it's skill. Mm-hmm. If you say that. But yeah. it's because I was willing to listen to people like Brett Favre, Hall of Fame quarterback. But he threw the most interceptions ever. Literally NFL history most picks. Oh, really? <laughs> hey, do I really give a shit about the interceptions if I'm right. winning the
1: Super Bowl? Yeah. No. That's I'll, the thing, too. No one will remember the interceptions. They'll remember you know you winning the Super Bowl or throwing that pass like you described. So
0: with that, this has nothing to do with self-efficacy. There's another part of it. Okay. There's a story of a college professor writes 10 – Uh, addition questions on the board Hmm. 1 plus 1 equals 2 2 plus 2 is 4 3 plus 3 is 6 all the way up to 10 plus 10 equals 20 but at 9 plus Uh 9 he said 9 plus 9 equals 17 and he did it on purpose and the point of that was the whole class raised their hand Uh, you know doctor you screwed up 9 plus 9 that's not right you know what it's not 17 it's 18 and they just berated him you got that wrong how could you get that wrong it's so easy And he kind of chuckles and he stands in front of the class and goes, thank you. And everyone's like, what do you mean? Like, well, it just... Cor- oops, I didn't hit my mic. I'm sorry. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Why don't why you just correct it? It's an easy right. correction. And he goes, guys, you just all proved my point. I got nine of these right.
2: Mm.
0: No one pointed out the nine that I got right. No one said, hey, congratulations. You guys laughed. Right. That I got one wrong. <laughs> you chuckled. Yeah. You pointed. Right. You pointed it out. So... I think you're right that when you're super uber successful, mm-hmm. people don't look at the small failures. Absolutely true. All right. But when you're smaller scale, I own two businesses. Mm-hmm. One of them failed. I'm damn sure you're going to have people in my ear.
1: Hey, man, you're not successful. All right. That business didn't work out. Right. Or not wanting to invest in your next idea yeah. because of, you know.
0: I don't want to hear you out. Yeah. You're, you have no idea what you're talking about. Your business failed. All right. Yeah, but they have no idea what I'm doing with this one. They have right. no idea that I'm about to buy a laundromat. Yeah. And no that's where it knows.
1: comes back to believing in yourself because I feel like you, you can – That's self advocacy you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you get people to buy into. If you believe it, then you can get people to buy into what it is you're trying to – I don't want to say sell, but your mission. Even and, like with the nonprofit, like people are buying in because they can see like that passion in my eyes when I'm about it. And you have to push it. past the crap.
0: Right. That's part of it. You have to believe mm-hmm. so wholeheartedly in what it is that you're saying and you're doing. Exactly. That the naysayers don't mean anything. Right, right.
1: That's a piece of it. They're so always going yeah, to be
2: there. Always. doesn't matter yeah. what you do,
0: where yeah. you go, what industry you're in. Right. They're always there. It could be
1: 20 years down the road, you have plaques everywhere, and it'll bring up that time that you did something stupid, or whatever the case may be, so. All right.
0: Actually, that was a much better in-depth conversation than I thought we'd kind of yeah. get out of that. So yeah. that was actually pretty solid. What we're going to do, guys, end the episode like we always do. Dan, give me a question. One to 3,000.
1: Ooh. Question seven hundred and seventy seven hopefully it's a good one
0: if i could count all right seven seventy seven what is one thing in your life you can't make a decision about
1: one thing in my life that's a tough one that is whether to continue to rent or to buy a house <laughs> that's actually it's pretty fair that is the one thing i'm struggling with because as we all know prices are sky high
0: So we're just, uh interest rates all that good stuff interest rates, everything yeah.
1: but at the same time like my rent has gone up a lot almost comparable to what a mortgage would be on a house but at the yeah. same time it's like interest rates are up so it's like you're damned if you do damn if you don't yeah, I mean, you can always
0: refinance and all that stuff so that's always that was always yeah. the back of my mind yeah so. that's true That's true. I think my thing is, you know, we talk a lot about businesses and buying businesses and all that Mm. stuff. I am at the point where it's like, you know, yeah, I could probably make something work and pull something out of my ass here or there, or (laughs) pull someone in and make a decision on something. Right. I'd have to live very well below my means for a while, and that's something that I have to come to grips with. Right. Because I want to be able to travel in my forties with kids. Right. Want to be able to go see my parents. My Mm. parents live up north. I want to be able to go overseas and do stuff that I want to do. All right. I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm working nine to five every day for the rest of my life. All right. You see, you see so I mean. it is constantly reminding myself I need a couple commission checks to come in first and foremost. But <laughs> besides that, it is getting to the point where I am comfortable with where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I don't need to live in glitz and glam because I need to set myself up for the next step. All right. So it's constantly being like, is it time for the next step? no not just yet i need a little bit more behind me mm-hmm. so constant. there's a piece of me that feels like sometimes i'm kicking tires
1: all right but it takes time yeah. everything happened when it's meant to be just getting there yeah. so that's
0: that's i think we're i think that was that'd be my answer
1: i gotta see you this podcast i just listened to it's uh jay shetty had um someone on i forget what he actually got into i think he got into like marketing to start off with but he was talking about how That same thing, like, he didn't get caught up in, all right, I got to go out and get the latest uh, BMW or, like, the biggest house. He was, like, he's a multimillionaire now and drives the shittiest car you can find to the point to where his HOA called him, like, hey, can you please remove the broken down car that's in your driveway? Yeah, he was, like, I'm not focused on, like, getting a newer car. I'm focused on putting that money back into the company, you know, and kind of making it grow from there. So it was very inspirational because I was thinking about getting a new car, too. And once I heard that, I was, like, all right, no. I'm, You've been talking yeah, about it for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, I'm I mean, I'm,
0: I'm a simpleton. I, yeah. I don't take a lot to be happy. I don't right. need a big 19-bedroom, 18-bedroom <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. I want a nice four-bed house, right. a nice backyard Some, for my someplace. dogs. Mm-hmm. I want a decent car. So my truck I'm comfortable with, I'm happy with. Right. I like toys. Don't get me wrong. I would oh, yeah. love a jet ski. I would love a Mustang. I love toys. Right. But I'm not doing that until I get to where I need to be. Right, right. You know?
1: Yeah, don't get caught up in that. Because so. I feel like it's, especially like IG now. Yeah, you see so many people like just, you know, posting no, in front of their car, stuff, yeah, flashing, right. yeah, the jewelry and all that to where it's almost keeping up with the Joneses, as they say. <laughs> so, yeah, don't all get right. caught up in it. Guys, I
0: think that that pretty much hits the hammer, <laughs> hits the nail on the head. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for what we're trying to talk <laughs> about today. So, guys, again, thank you for last week. Thank you for this mm. week tuning in. Yep. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe You know, let us know topics you want to talk about, pieces you guys want to talk about, people you want to have on the podcast. Actually, I had a, which reminds me, I'm going to talk to you about this. One of my old coworkers shot me an Instagram link for a guy that we should get on the podcast. So I got to chit chat with you about that later on. But thank you. Talk to us about topics, people, everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Give us feedback. Let us know what you're thinking. You know, so very much appreciate it.
0: We appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe. Don't want to miss an episode. All right.
2: Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.
1: Peace.